This is Dispatches from the Frontline, readings from the diary of Sister Nan Ray, who served for four grueling years on the frontline of the battlefields of World War I, read by Geraldine Cook Daphna. Nineteen fourteen, 13th of October. Feel much better. Just dressing at 9am when we received orders to move within an hour. This rush was not necessary, but our general in command felt he must always give us plenty of drill as regards hasty evacuations. The front was much quieter and fighting was further north, so we waited impatiently for movement orders. Meantime, we saw as much of that lovely part of France as possible, off the beaten track. Wild scrambles, packing, etc. And then the field wagons and a small army of orderlies arrived, and our luggage was whipped up in a few moments. They piled it up even on top of the van, and it was a sight to watch them throwing camp tables and chairs, etc. out of the top windows, and so many working so well and so quickly together. After having some coffee, Gabrielle and I went along to the camp. We found it all very nicely arranged for our comfort, though they have not given us an amazing amount of room. We have one big sleeping and dressing tent, consisting of three large hospital tents, 18 feet by 15 feet, joined together end on. All the beds are in the first two tents, 16 of them, almost touching, about four inches apart and the third is the bathing tent. Here we have our canvas baths and basins and buckets, and here hang sponge bags and towels and other decorations pertaining to the order of the bath. It was so cold and wet that I, after paying a visit to the dentist and having tooth dressed, went to bed at 5pm. 14th of October our first real day under canvas. We were awakened at 6.30 by the Rivali and discovered that most of us had headaches due to sleeping minus sufficient air. It rained so heavily all night that the tent flaps had to be kept down so. It was not nice. Such a night it was. The rain fairly poured down while the men on night duty dug trenches and otherwise kept us from being flooded out. Then two of the officers arrived, and there seemed to be such thuds on the wet canvas and such busy sounds of hammering in tent pegs. However, we kept very snug and comfy. I confess I have not been feeling quite up to concert pitch, so kept well under my blankets. But it was as good as a play to watch and listen. The other 15 women were excellent Indeed, when 16 women get herded together as we were, things get moving. I'm writing now at 9.15pm, having just enjoyed my hot bath and feeling much better sitting up in my little camp bed. The others are getting to bed by degrees and making plenty of noise about it. We have three hurricane lamps swung up at intervals along the centre of the tent. Lots of smell... Not much light. Opposite me, Sister Mac G is knitting. Not at all the kind of woman one would imagine would knit. 
However, it is something new to do and she is tickled to death and has promised to make bonnets for several of her friends. I can scarcely concentrate enough to write. There is so much conversation. And here's a dog now. John, we call him. He arrived this afternoon and seems to have adopted us. Great discussions. Some don't approve of dogs and fleas in sleeping apartments. Too many fleas and not enough dog. Mac has some cartridges in a clip and some say they are dangerous. More discussion. There are sundry drips of kerosene from the lamps and Sister B has just cleaned one with a fresh cap. Passed under it. She, by the way, is a qualified dentist as well as a nurse from Queensland and a great sport. She is just taking off her hair, which naturally always receives an ovation. She has been practically bald since an illness and wears a transformation. When asked at the medical examination before leaving what colour her hair was, she briefly replied, Black and bought. They took full particulars of our peculiarities for purposes of identification. She has just been asked if the dog may have her hair to lie on. This afternoon, quite without warning, Gabrielle and I with two others were detailed to demonstrate to squads of orderlies and students. We were given beds, etc. And there in full view of the camp, made and remade beds and taught our class how to make them whilst patients were lying in them and so on. Had a great time especially when it was the class's turn to do the work. The patient had the time of his life and was so tickled at being treated carefully and gently by the other boys. After tea, Gabrielle and I journeyed forth and made some purchases, notably a small hurricane lamp and candles. Caught in a heavy downpour of rain and directly after dinner went to bed, still raining and very heavily, most uncomfortable. 15th of October, Gabrielle and I were home sisters for the day. When the reveille sounded, we wakened to a dim, foggy morning. The fog bells at the harbour bar, tolling mournfully. Stepped out of bed into puddles, so decided it would be wise to don my big waterproof boots at once. Everything was wet, inside and outside. For the tent flaps had been wide open. Glad I had most unhygienically stowed my clothes away under a Macintosh the night before. Found our salle à manger, the mess tent, also very damp, so we had a distinctly moist breakfast. However, at about ten o'clock, the sun shone out splendidly. It was great, and the whole camp set to work to dry itself and its belongings. Tent sides were rolled up and our mess tent sides were taken down and spread on the ground to dry, and our Brussels was also taken down and spread out to be dried and brushed free from mud. Our midday meal was therefore held in full view of the rest of the camp and the curious public. I did the carving, and Gabrielle was garçon. We had a busy time, and I noticed several cameras lurking about in the offing, by tea time, all was snug and dry and beautiful again. Gabrielle made some very good sandwiches, which were duly appreciated. 
As Colonel Horne sent us a present of delicious soles, we had a most sumptuous dinner. Soup, fish, roast mutton, potatoes, cheese, celery, biscuits, and then tea. But oh, the washing up. Baths and bed very soon afterwards. We always have our baths at night, because then there is a fairly good supply of hot water in our own much-loved copper. Our Simmons keeps up the fire for us. But a word about Simmons. Of course, everyone knows he is the sister's orderly. The one and only Simmons. He alone among the men may come and go within the sacred precincts of the harem, as it is called, without special permission. If, perchance, when playing football, the ball is tossed within this zone of femininity, there is a great shout for Simmons! He is 19, but looks 16, has the nicest face and sweetest expression, and is always jolly and good-tempered, and willing to stay on duty night and day for the sisters. Some day, I rather expect to see both his boot heels flying off with such a whack does he bring them together and stand to attention should any of us call him. Each to his delight, the old French cook who was with us at the hostel and who is coming up here tomorrow to help us, calls him Monsieur Simmons. 17th of October. It is nearly dinner time and a very cold night. I am sitting on my bed practically in the open wrapped up in my big blue coat and writing by the light of my new hurricane lantern. The glass is very dull. By the way, très dull. I forgot to polish it today. It really is very chilly, and we don't feel very joyful about the real winter which will soon come now. This morning, Gabrielle and I did some shopping and I bought a pair of heavy leather boots. I nearly said, like nothing on earth, but that is not so, as there are lots of them about. Most of the sisters have bought them, très grand, très épais, thick, très ugly. The Bugle! 18th of October, Sunday. Mrs Cyril Ward has just been around and she says she knows of an officer leaving for England today who will safely take any letters we care to entrust to him and will post them on the other side. So I am sending these very battered sheets along. It is a glorious morning. So sunny and beautiful after a very cold night. I slept like a top though at breakfast there were many complaints about people who snore and talk in their sleep. I was not one, it seems. Some, apparently, held whole conversations. Au revoir. I am very well. Very. They say we are off to Boulogne. Thank you for listening to Dispatches from the Frontline. This project was directed by Naomi Edwards, read by Geraldine Cook-Defner. Original music and sound design by Zoltan Fecho. 
with producing support from Tristan Meacham and voice editing by Alex Daphne. The creative team gratefully acknowledges the support of the Victorian Government through the Community Support Fund and Public Record Office Victoria and Creative Victoria with Regional Arts Victoria through the Sustaining Creative Workers Initiative supported by all the Queen's men. We would like to thank the Selman family and in particular Meg Selman for allowing us to use Nan Ray's diary.